How's it going, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Quick Hits. It is Tuesday, November 19th. My name is Blake Pace. We are here on the cusp of week 11 of the NFL season. Wrapped up in the books last night as the Chiefs took down the LA Chargers in what was a Mexico City game. Um, and we'll, we'll touch a little bit about that at, toward the end of the episode. This is, of course, our Tuesday episode, our weekly recap in the NFL, uh, taking a look at each game from Thursday Night Football through Monday night. Just some quick impressions on where the teams are standing at, uh, their outlook for the rest of the season, and what I saw a little bit in the game. So we're going to dive right into all that, but shameless plugs in before we get started. Make sure to follow me over on Twitter at Blake Andrew Pace, putting out content for Stampede Blue. That is the SB Nations page for the Indianapolis Colts. Um, I also just talk some some league-wide stuff out there, and so I've always got some stuff um, for you to talk with me on there. Make sure to follow along. Uh, make sure to to um, subscribe to the to the podcast. Make sure to to leave a five-star review, leave a comment, um, and then also check out my other podcast, Reasonably Outrageous. With Matt Wyrick, we try and do that two times a week. Um, our schedules are a little in flux, so um, you know Matt's Matt's got a, a weird kind of <laughs> he has weird hours with his new job and, and randomly pop up all over where he might be working a, a 4 p.m. to midnight. And you know with my eight to five, it's a little tough to really figure out how to fit in episodes. So we're working on that, but make sure to check that up that podcast out. We've got episodes coming out that is covering uh, Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL as well too. So make sure to check all of that out. But uh, but yeah, here we are, week 11 in the books. Uh, fun little game that I'm going to play too, just because of the events that happened over the past weekend. Of course, last week I spoke about the Colin Kaepernick situation and how it seemed like a PR stunt uh, for uh, the NFL, and maybe I'll talk about it a little more on Thursday, I haven't decided yet, but a fun little game that I'm going to play is when we talk about each of these games, I'm going to let you know what quarterbacks Colin Kaepernick can't be worse than. <laughs> there are a lot of bad quarterbacks playing in the NFL right now, and so um, we're just going to keep a running tally of how many quarterbacks uh, Colin Kaepernick can't be worse than uh, throughout this episode. Uh, and that that's a great segue <laughs> right into Thursday night football for our first game. Uh, the Cleveland Browns now four and six after beating the Pittsburgh Steelers twenty one to seven. Pittsburgh falls to five and five, uh, one and three on the road. Um, look, it wasn't a pretty game, and and just beforehand too, we're far enough away from from the the Miles Garrett helmet explosion uh, and his kind of fiasco around there and, and maybe there's some updated information along the way when we hear his hearing um, and if he gets a suspension uh, reduction to maybe talk about it some more but I feel like it's been just talked about so much from Thursday to now that there's no real point for me jumping in on it obviously you know that's taking it a little bit too far and yes I, I am on the boat that Mason Rudolph uh, kind of instigated that so um, not talking too much about that, but the game itself was pretty sloppy. Um, you know, Baker completed 17 to 32 passes, under 200 yards of passing, two touchdowns. Big game for Nick Chubb on the ground. Um, I, I love the the Kareem Hunt Nick Chubb duo. Now Kareem Hunt only got six carries, but when he was out there, he was a good receiving back. Six catches for 46 yards. Um, big Odell game, but essentially mostly just because of that one 42 yard catch. Um, but yes, Mason Rudolph, 
There's no way that Colin Kaepernick could be worse than Mason Rudolph. He uh, is not good. This offense is is really awful. Um, and I don't think it's because they are missing Juju Smith-Schuster and James Conner. You know, I'm not big on James Conner. Juju Smith-Schuster, to me, is a very solid number one. He's a great number two if you have someone better on your roster. Um, this offense is is just not good to me. It doesn't. It's lacking, um, I guess, just star players and actually just uh, just guys that can be you know reliable number ones. And so they don't have it. The offense looked pretty kind of weak. Um, there's no way Mason Rudolph could is better than Colin Kaepernick. He uh, had a four pick game, was sacked four times, completed 23 of 44 passes, did throw a touchdown, but. Just a, a really bad performance for Mason Rudolph and the Pittsburgh offense. Um, this was a game that I saw. You know, I I, I wouldn't have been. Um, I, I don't bet on Thursday night, but of course this would be one of the ways that I, I would have walked away, kind of taking the win on there. I took the Browns uh, to win. But yeah, just a just a, a rough game. But uh, Cleveland now on the come up, they've got a slight uh, an easy second half of the schedule, so I think they do have a chance of getting to that nine and seven range. Um, they they do have a really easy schedule. Maybe finish around eight and eight, um, and then Pittsburgh. I I don't have um, much hopes. You know their defense is very solid, but uh, that offense is awful. Cleveland takes it twenty one to seven on Thursday night football. Over to Sunday, um, fun game. Way more exciting than I would think it would be. Um, I I did imagine it to be probably around this close, but the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, beating the Detroit Lions 35 to 27. Dallas is now six and four. Detroit falls to three, six and one. Um, I've been saying it for for months now. This is Dak Prescott's team. He is not the problem. Um, you know the the run game is really struggling. That's the bigger problem. Uh, there's no reason Zeke should carry the ball 16 times and only average 2.8 yards per carry. Um, you know, they have a real problem with the run game, but the pass game has been outstanding. I mean, the trio of, of Michael Gallup, or sorry, let me start with the number one, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and Randall Cobb is great. Uh, Michael Gallup, a guy that can stretch the field deep. Randall Cobb, um, you know, I, I thought the Cowboys would miss Cole Beasley, but Randall Cobb, when he's healthy, is another guy that just kind of works the same the same game across the middle of the field. And of course, Amari Cooper is, a, is kind of their do-it-all guy. Um, and of course, you know, two tight ends, uh, you know, Blake Jarwin, Jason Witten. I, I would put Blake Jarwin on the field more than I would Jason Witten. Jason Witten, I think, uh, I'm not really sure why he's getting so much love there. He hasn't been as great as Blake Jarwin. But uh, the Cowboys look not a great defense. Um, one of the things that was so interesting is I saw the NFL put out that, uh, I'm trying to think, it, it was the Cowboys had gone like six weeks with not allowing... Uh, with allowing under 250 passing yards a game or something like that. And the quarterbacks that the Cowboys have faced, I mean, Sam Darnold is, is the one that's had the most success against them this year. Um, so, you know, they haven't really faced good quarterbacks the entire season. There have been a few in there. Um, you know, I think Rodgers has played them already this season. There have been a couple, but I, look, the defense isn't good. Um, they just have played some really light opponents or faced some pretty easy quarterbacks. And here again with Jeff Driscoll, look, Another guy, we're two for two on games now. Um, there is no way anyone should try and tell me that Colin Kaepernick is worse than Jeff Driscoll. So there's two quarterbacks uh, so far. For the Lions, 
tough injury season. Um, you know, I thought this team was taking a step forward. Injuries on defense. They lose uh, their number one running back. They lose Matt Stafford for a couple weeks. Just one of those seasons where you can't seem to get it right. Um, but, but yeah, Cowboys take it 35-27. Cowboys now have a game up in that division, a chance to... Uh, to make it two this week, if they can go out there and beat the uh, beat the New England Patriots, they're going to have a tough um, tough matchup coming. But I'm excited to see how Dak does against that secondary. That's going to be very interesting to watch. But uh, Dak, great run game, not Jason Garrett, not. But I, I think that um, I think the Cowboys, you know, they're going to be the the worst team or the best team in a bad division, and they're going to make the playoffs for it. Uh, they win this week, 35-27. How about this one? I was fake confident about it just because I had to be. Uh, the, the Indianapolis Colts, 33-13 to over the Jacksonville Jaguars in Nick Foles' first game back as a Jaguar. Of course, Jacoby Brissett coming back for the Indianapolis Colts. He looked great. 15-24, uh, 148, didn't do much. When he had to improvise, he did. Uh, the big story of the day for the Colts was their, uh, their rushing attack. And, you know, you say it with a grain of salt because now Marlon Mack has a fractured, fractured hand. Uh, not sure how long he's going to be out, but when he was in, 14 carries for 109. That's an average of 7.8 yards per carry and then a touchdown. Um, then in his absence, and kind of because uh, Jordan or Jordan Wilkins, yeah, Jordan Wilkins was out. Jonathan Williams uh, got to see some action, and he was outstanding. 13 carries for 116, 8.9 yards a carry. Um, of course, you had guys like Naeem Hines putting in some impact too on there. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, look, it, the Colts now as the three seed in the AFC, um, when things were looking so down after barely beating the Broncos, losing to the Dolphins, losing to the Steelers, uh, things were not looking great. Brissett comes back into the lineup. Things seem to be going well. There's more of a balance between the rush and the pass. Of course, they could rely on the run attack because the, the, the O-line just dominated that Jacksonville defense. And so... Um, really, really sound performance by the Colts. They've got a short week, uh, Thursday night matchup with the Houston Texans, uh, that probably has a good shot at, at deciding the way this division wraps up. And, uh, unfortunately for the Colts, they're still banged up. We're not sure if they're going to have T.Y. Hilton, Devin Funches, uh, Paris Campbell, Marlon Mack. They've got injuries on defense. Kari Willis has a concussion. They've got problems heading into this week. So, It'll be interesting to see how they fare against the Texans. And for the Jaguars, uh, look, you're you're a good team in a great division, but now you're in last place. You're four and six. Uh, Foles look good. Uh, they had to rely on him a lot. <laughs> the Jags only ran the ball nine times. Um, you know they uh, they really abandoned that rush attack, um, and, and especially after the Colts, you know, jumped up to a they got a 10-7 lead into the half, scored 14 points in the third quarter. The Jags had to go pass heavy in that second half. Um, but yeah, look, I, I think the Foles Chark connection is great. It, it looked really promising in that first drive in their opening game against the Chiefs today or on Sunday. Uh, eight catches for 104 and two touchdowns for Chark. I think the Jags team is good, and we just got to wait till till next season. Uh, but right now the Colts really pounded it on them uh, ahead of a very important game for them. Uh, when it 33 to 13, Colts now six and four, Jags fall to four and six. Now, this was the kind of performance that we saw and, and expected, I guess, out of um, out of Buffalo their first time around playing the Dolphins, fresh off the bye. The Bills taking it 37-20 this time around, moving to 7-3 on the season. The Dolphins falling to 2-8. Uh, 
uh, ending their their miraculous two-game win streak. You know, one thing I didn't realize about the Bills is that since um, since October, they have one turnover on offense. Um, you know, Josh Allen may not have been playing his best football, but he hadn't been turning the ball over, uh, which is extremely impressive. Um because it really, it really changes it. If he was playing like, uh, you know, the low completion percentage, missing his targets, and also turning the ball over, that's a lot different of a story than a guy that's, you know, just missing the opportunities. He surely connected on him this week, 21 to 33 for 256, three touchdowns. He found found John Brown nine times for 137 and two touchdowns. Uh, he got Dawson Knox involved with a couple catches. Cole Beasley worked the middle of the field. Um, and the run game was, was uh, you know, right on par. You know, Devin Singletary, 75 yards, 5 yards of carry. Josh Allen added in 56. You got Frank Gore in there that was kind of working the short yardage opportunities. Buffalo is, at this point, you know, right around a top 12 team in the league. They don't do a ton to really, um, to really dazzle you on the field. Like I said, they want to win the short game close games they don't want you know to be in a shootout with opposing teams their defense is good enough to to shut that down um and a good rebound game for them after the browns and so the bills should probably you know take this and the rest of their schedule and work their way into um into the the afc playoffs um good to avoid losing to the dolphins and and kind of making it look a little bit stronger this time uh for the dolphins yeah uh look I like Brian Flores. I like some of the fo- core pieces on this team. They play hard for him, and you got a lot of draft picks coming up. So it's the, the start of a rebuild. It was good to see those two wins recently, and uh, probably now we just sit around, maybe get one more in the season, depending on what the rest of their schedule looks like. I know they've got Cincinnati down the road, so what a doozy of a game that'll be. But yeah, Bills take this pretty easily, 37-20. to 20. Heading over to Minnesota, where the Vikings found themselves in a 20 to nothing halftime deficit against the then three and six Denver Broncos. Uh, the Vikings storm back, outscore the Broncos 27 to three in the second half, pull out the win to move to eight and three on the season, stay undefeated at home. Uh, Kirk Cousins, 29 to 35, 319, three touchdowns, did take five sacks. Uh, and the ground game actually really struggled uh, today. Um, they ran it 18 times for only 37 yards. It's an average of 2.1 yards per carry. Uh, Dalvin Cook didn't get anything going. He did get the touchdown towards the end. Uh, but even, you know, Madison, Amir Abdullah, they just couldn't get things going. Um, for the Broncos... I mean, they were able to, to attack on the ground. Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman combined for, for over 100 yards. Um, this is another situation, and I didn't say it in the last two games because it didn't, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't legit. Uh, there's no way you could tell me that Brandon Allen is a better quarterback than Colin Kaepernick or that Colin Kaepernick is any bit worse than Brandon Allen. Um, you know, Allen completed 17 to 39 for 240, a touchdown and an interception. Found Cortland Sutton, who is who is a legit number one wide receiver in this league, five times for 113. Um, you know, Denver is at the point where you know that's an impressive showing. It's a tough loss to take to blow a 20 nothing lead, but you got up 20 on a very talented team. Your defense was extremely tough throughout the game, of course. Uh, in the second half, it, it slipped away, but look. For the Broncos, they get back Drew Locke hopefully this week, I think. I think Drew Locke should be back there, and then maybe we'll figure out what this team looks a little bit like, you know, with a young core of of Drew Locke, 
Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman, Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant. I think it's kind of exciting to, to see the, the young potential playmakers on offense, of course, to match the Vic Fangio strong defense on the other side. Broncos could be one of those teams that make a jump in uh, 2020. And then for Minnesota, man, <laughs> I know they got a great roster. I still think we could see a massive collapse to a 9-7 and seven season, and they end up missing the postseason. Um, uh, just, just kind of a, you know, a great team doesn't get down 20 to nothing to a Denver offense, uh, especially at home. Just a weird game. Still worried about the Vikings. Still great roster. Kirk Cousins is playing good football, but I'm a little worried. Still, still holding on. I, I'm still not changing my mind, uh, on what I think that this Vikings team can be, but they win on Sunday, 27, 23. Over to Tampa, uh, where the Saints got back to their winning ways. They took down the Buccaneers 34-17 to move to 8-2 on the season. Tampa falls to 3-7. and uh, Good team playing a bad team. Good team coming off of a horrible loss. Not going to let it happen twice to them. Um, I did think it would be a little bit closer. This was one of my spreads that I didn't get correct. Uh, just missed it. Or not just missed it. Missed it by a lot. Uh, I think the Bucks were like plus 5.5 or something like that. But anyways, um, good team versus bad team. For real, the story for both these teams is still the same to me. New Orleans, I, I'm I'm sorry, I doubted you heading into the season. You've got a very well-rounded team. Um, the ground game and pass game both complement each other, but um, and, and the defense is is strong. Uh, there are a lot of weapons on the Tampa offense, so it's no surprise Jameis throws 313 yards. Your defense is good. There's no surprise Jameis Winston throws four interceptions and gets sacked twice. Uh, Tampa, move on to next season with your new quarterback. Saints, move further into the playoffs. I don't really have much to say about this game. The Saints take it 34-17. In games that I really just don't want to talk about and games that I didn't want to go back and rewatch, this is at the top of the list. Uh, The New York Jets beating the Washington Redskins 34-17. I'm so mad at myself because halfway through Friday's episode, if you listen to it, where I made my picks for um, for Week 11, I had the Jets, and then just in the middle of the show, I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna flip to Washington." Should have just stuck with my gut. I think that was one of the two, or maybe the only game that I picked incorrectly this past week. I'm not sure. Um, actually, yeah, it was the only one that I picked incorrectly going up against um, straight up. But anyways. Two bad teams playing against each other. I don't think... We, we can say that Sam Darnold played well. We know how bad the Redskins are. I do like their front seven. Their secondary is awful. This is the thing. Sam Darnold is, is taking advantage of some teams with bad secondaries. It's hit or miss. The Redskins don't have a good secondary. They have a good pass rush. They got good linebackers. Good defensive line. Not a good secondary. They got an awful secondary. And so Sam Darnold, yes, completed 19-30 for 293. Four touchdowns, one interception. You know, he's due for one god-awful pass a week and then a few decent ones. Uh, I'm not buying much into him beating up on the Redskins. Um, just as, like, I didn't beat up on him, you know, or didn't really get a whole vote in confidence of him beating up on the uh, the Dallas secondary. Anyways, the Redskins. This is where I want to go because, boy, <laughs> that offensive line's interaction with Dwayne Haskins on the sideline when he was pleading, what do I have to do? And they just stared at him like, oh my God, there's so many things we could say right now about your level of talent. Um, look, 
I know he hasn't gotten much exposure. I knew everyone uh, said that he was going to be a little raw and should sit on the field or, and should sit his first season, gain some experience as a backup, and then work his way into the starting lineup. I'd be worried. I'd be worried if your players are looking at if your teammates are looking at you like that in the middle of a game. Um, they don't they don't feel confident in you. And um, man, Dwayne Haskins could be um, one of those picks that we just go, what the hell happened? Uh, I'm not sure uh, really what to make out of it yet. I mean, he doesn't look good. You know, took six sacks, threw an interception, did throw for two touchdowns. Um, you know, shot to Darius Geis back in the lineup. He took a 45-yard catch for uh, his first touchdown too. They didn't really get anything going on the ground. Two really bad teams. I don't want to talk about this game more. Yes, Sam Darnold looked good. I think it was against a bad secondary. Uh, and Dwayne Haskins, worried to see that for you, man. It's That's going to be tough to, uh, to, to really go back and see or maybe hear things about and then also just start to notice your relationships with your teammates, especially in the trenches, uh, be a little patchy. So Jets win it 34-17, two very bad teams, two teams that will be picking towards the top of the NFL draft uh, for the Jets. <laughs> another thing you know yes it's a win but it's a loss and when it comes to the draft they're up to number five now so you think okay you probably have already lost out on jeff uh on uh chase young jeffrey okuda uh those would be two of my top fits and maybe if they fall into that seven through ten range they could take the first offensive lineman like they probably should um i, I don't think anyone in this class right now screams to me top five pick um, so maybe, maybe this is what they want. Maybe they want to finish four and six or four and 10, five and 11, take an offensive lineman with, you know, the eighth overall pick. I wouldn't blame them then, but, uh, they're really missing out on some of the premier talents by beating up these teams. But, uh, hey, they'll take the win. I guess Adam Gase is staying the Jets make me sad. They, they won this week though. 34, 17 NFC South battle. And this fucked me over so much money this week the goddamn Atlanta Falcons destroyed destroyed the Panthers uh 29 to 3 Atlanta now 3 and 7 Carolina 5 and 5 the Falcons in the last two weeks have taken so much of my money by beating you know ruining you know teasers parlays with beating the Saints and now beating the Panthers um for the Falcons, this looks like the team that I thought they were going to be in the beginning of the season. A very talented offense. Uh, a team that forces turnovers on defense. And it just doesn't make sense because now they're missing you know, key players you know, on the offensive line. They're missing Devonta Freeman. But now they're all of a sudden starting to look really good. Uh, Matt Ryan played well. 21-31 for 3-11 and a touchdown. You had guys like Calvin Ridley go for 143. Julio Jones chimed in with 91. Um, the Falcons, you know, look, the season to me is lost. If they can get to a 6-10 and 10 by the end of the year, you probably think that Dan Quinn's job is safe, even though I don't think it should be. Um, and then for the Panthers, I, I bought in. I bought in last week. I was officially in on the Panthers as a legit playoff threat. After how they held in with the Packers, you know how highly I think of them. And, man, now at 5-5, five and five, an embarrassing loss to the Falcons. A game where Kyle Allen threw four interceptions, was sacked five times. Um, man, I had bought in. I can't anymore. You know, Christian McCaffrey did his part. 
14 carries for 70 yards, 11 catches for 121. They just couldn't put any points on the board, and uh, Atlanta did a really good job of getting Carolina off the field. So they dominate this one. Atlanta looking like the team I thought they were going to be, putting up 29 points against Carolina and the Panthers a week after I had officially bought into you and Kyle Allen. You disappoint me greatly. So uh, Falcons win this 29-3. Panthers fall to 5-5. Five and five. How about this and what was supposed to be the game of the week? I expected it to be too. I was so excited to watch it and I turned it off probably about halfway through. Um, the Baltimore Ravens absolutely dominating the Houston Texans, 41-7. Baltimore now 8-2, uh, owning the second-best record in the AFC. The Texans falling to 6-4, and four, and because of that, move out of the divisional lead. Drop down to, I believe, the sixth seed right now in the playoffs. Um, you know, I thought this was going to be Deshaun Watson and Lamar battling it out. It was all Lamar, 17-24 for 222, four touchdowns through the air, had 86 yards on the ground, too. You had guys like Gus Edwards putting in 112 yards on the ground. Mark Ingram, 48 on the ground and uh, 37 through the air with two touchdowns. Mark Andrews, a legit top uh, six to eight tight end in this league. Yeah, I'd give him I'd give him up top six. I'd say he's a top six tight end in the league right now. Um, and, and he's got a great offense to be in. This Greg Roman offense is just, you know, we saw it with Colin Kaepernick over in San Francisco. Oh, shit, I forgot to keep playing the game. Oh, what games did we just do? Uh, he's better than... You can't tell me that Colin Kaepernick is worse than Kyle Allen. You can't tell me that Colin Kaepernick is worse than Jameis Winston. I hope there aren't any games I forgot there. So I think we're up to like five five games right now. Damn. Can't believe I forgot to keep playing that. Uh, but anyways... Look, the Texans... This is why I didn't want to believe You know, the rest of their team is, is really bad. If Deshaun Watson can't dominate, and he didn't, um, it's tough. When, when Deshaun Watson is getting sacked six times, it, it's tough for him to, to be able to pull off magical plays to win games. 18 of 29 for 169, zero touchdowns. Um, you know, the ground game kind of had things going. Carlos Hyde only ran the ball nine times, though, 65 yards. When you get down that much, it's tough to really rely on your ground game and be able to have a balanced offense. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, four catches, 80 yards. Didn't have Will Fuller out there. Uh, you know, Deshaun Watson also lost a fumble. Look, Houston, to me, still uh, is going to be right around there in that playoff hunt. I would much rather, you know, personally, I would much rather see the Raiders get that final wild card spot than I would the Texans. And so maybe the Colts this Thursday can push them further down the uh, ladder. But, uh, yeah, Baltimore, we got to start seriously considering as, as one of the best teams in football. They are... Um, they're unbelievable. Defense is extremely well now that there is playing at a at an extremely high level now that everyone is back and healthy. Lamar continues to get better. Um, and man, really impressed with the Ravens. They dominated the Texans uh, 41-7. Four games left. This one, uh, kind of a rematch of a couple weeks ago on Thursday Night Football. The San Francisco 49ers moving to 9-1, beating the Arizona Cardinals who fall to 3-7-1. <clears throat> Look, I know Jimmy Garoppolo had a really good game, 34-45, 4-24, four touchdowns, two picks, but I was I was far more impressed by what we saw from Kyler Murray. This dude is legit. He is going to be a stud in this league. Uh, only threw for 150, had two touchdowns, added in 67 yards on the ground and a score. Um, he's, he's unbelievable. 
He, he has great zip on the ball. He's got his arm strength is unbelievable. This is one of the things that I loved. Kind of kind of why he uh, overruled my my t- typical quarterback prospect. I like the you know the big frame and the cannon of the arm. Kyler was my number one quarterback this last year, um, despite his small frame, cannon of an arm. And you look at the weapons he's going to have around him for a while: Christian Kirk, Farrell Cooper, um, you know Kenyon Drake. How legit is this? I don't know. Put in 67 yards. Uh, on the ground and also 13 through the air. Um, of course, David Johnson comes back at a certain point too. Cardinals, a bad team that needs help on defense in the offensive line. 49ers, very good team. End of the day though, give me the Saints, give me the Packers over them. I trust the quarterbacks more than I do, uh, you know, in a showdown against Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, and I think we'll we'll see, you know, myself validated this Sunday night when they take on the Packers. I, I expect the Packers to win. And if it comes down to a quarterback duel. I'm going to take Aaron Rodgers over Jimmy. I'm going to take Drew Brees right now over Jimmy. It's just one of those situations where great regular season team, not sure if they can hold it in the playoffs, um, but uh, they, they won by 10 here. Um, I expected this. They covered the spread. Whew, that end of the game, what was it? Oh, no, that was a different uh, – no, that was this game. Didn't it finish off – let me just make sure that, I, that I've got this right. I don't want to lie to you guys. Yeah, the, the four-yard fumble return for a touchdown at the end – um, fortunately they didn't kick the extra point. I had this game at 10 and a half and hit covered at 10. So shout out to that. Uh, 49ers, really good team beating up on a bad team with a great quarterback, great quarterback, uh, 36 to 26 in San Francisco. Now, how about this one? Uh, the new England Patriots taking on the Philadelphia Eagles in a rematch of Super Bowl 52. I don't even know what Super Bowl we're on right now. Maybe 51. Who cares? Uh, the, the Patriots moved to 9-1 on the season with a 7-point victory over the Eagles, who fall to 5-5. Five five. Uh, look, the strength of the Patriots, and just like uh, just like Tom Brady said it is, it's the defense and it's special teams. That offense looks pretty rough. Brady averaged 4.6 yards per completion, 26-47 uh, for 216. Zero interceptions did take a sack, uh, but the offense just, it's... It's really shaky, and especially since they don't have anything on the ground game going, averaging 3.4 yards a carry across the board. Sony Michelle, 10 carries, leading the way with 33 yards. That's not going to get it done. You need balance to this offense, and unfortunately, injuries on the offensive line. You know, you lose David Andrews at center. Isaiah Wynn, who is coming back, that's going to be huge next week, I believe. Losing James Devlin, too, is is a lot of uh, is a huge impact on this power run game because they, they wanted to be a power run offense this year. You know, they didn't have the receiving weapons because they thought, okay, we're just going to ground and pound or we're going to dominate in the trenches. They aren't able to do that now. And so they've had to rely more on the passing game than they wanted to. Hasn't gone to uh, to the um, level that they expected it to, but they were able to come out and pull out the win over, to me, a bad Eagles team, an inconsistent Eagles team. Uh, the receiving weapons here are, are rough. You know, this offense lost just a piece of its offense, an entire... Um, set of plays when, you know, Sean Jackson uh, was hurt and out for, God, he's been out since, what, week two, week three now, came back for a little and then and then got hurt again too. This offense just misses that vertical threat, and, you know, you're not getting it. you got to rely on just going to Zach Ertz, and the Patriots double-teamed him most of the time. He was still able to pull off nine catches for 94 yards, but outside of that, you know, Aguilar had 40, Dallas Goddard had 36, J.J. Arcega, Whiteside had 29. I mean, there's not a lot of weapons uh, in this passing offense they played Philadelphia, or they Philadelphia played New England tough, but weren't able to pull it out. They're just too inconsistent right now, and they fall to five and five. And 
I, I wouldn't want to see this team in the playoffs. But the Patriots take it. Keep that uh, one-game lead in the AFC, moving into 9-1. and one. Another fun game coming up this weekend for them against the Cowboys. Sunday night football. God, at the beginning of the season, we thought this game was probably going to be one of the best of the year. The Los Angeles Rams end up pulling out the victory, taking down the Chicago Bears 17-7. The Rams staying in the playoff picture, moving to 6-4. The Bears falling out of it, moving to 4-6. The name of the game in this one is what quarterback... Um, what quarterback was going to do the least to ruin his team's chances of winning the game? And that was Jared Goff. Only threw the ball 18 times, completed 11 of them, 173, one interception. But then he had Mitch, who had to throw it out there 43 times for 190. He did throw a touchdown, but also threw a pick. Uh, eventually got benched uh, for Chase Daniel in that final drive. Um, in just a, a weird situation. They're calling it a hip injury. Call it whatever you want. Um, I think he was just trying to get a spark out of his team that had seven points through 55 minutes of a game. Um, both of these offenses didn't look great. Now, I will say one of the things, and we've been waiting to see this for a while now, and it, it seems to be like this might be a turn, uh, a turning point for the Rams offense, is Todd Gurley and that run offense. Uh, they had a they had two rookies on the offensive line that were just dominating up in the trenches. Todd Gurley, 25 carries for 97, still around four yards a carry, but um, you know the the run offense did have some zip to it finally. And I think when we get to a point where we've got Brandon Cooks out of the concussion protocol, Robert Woods, of course, with whatever um, happened on Sunday night, it was kind of just like hours before the game. It's like okay, personal personal issues, not going to be available. So then you had to go and rely on Josh Reynolds, Cooper Cup, Gerald Everett. Wasn't a lot to it. Um, look, they did the they did their part to get out uh, with the win, to move to six and four, to stay in the playoff picture. When they get those weapons back, um, you know I feel like this is this could be a turning point for that offense where we see a little bit more of a balance because Jared Goff has had to pass too much uh, for how you know for how bad of a quarterback I actually think he might be. Um, he's had to pass too much at this point and. Um, and so now for the Rams, if they can get the ground game going and open it up with the passing option when they get their receivers back, they could try and make a run to to replace, you know, a Seattle or a Minnesota in the playoffs. But tough road ahead for them. Uh, they've got a fun game next Monday night against the Baltimore Ravens, which is going to be a really tough uh, showdown for them. So maybe, you know, the extra day gets their receivers back in there and they can pull off and stay a little bit closer than the Texans were able to. Um, Bears, bad team, move on from the quarterback. I wouldn't move on from the head coach yet. Wouldn't be surprised if they do and they just clean house after a disastrous season and see where they go from there. Um, but a quarterback next year, and, and man, the more I keep thinking about it, the more I would love to see Jalen Hurts uh, as as the Bears quarterback taken with one of those second-round picks. I just think that that would be a really good fit with Matt Nagy, and they've got weapons on there. Um, so who knows? Uh, this isn't the year for Chicago. Might still be the year for the Rams to make that run. Uh, they win on Sunday Night Football 17-7. to Final game of the week, and I talked about it a little before at the beginning of the show. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs moved to 7-4, taking down the L.A. Chargers 24-17. Chiefs now uh, still holding on to that four seed. Oh, I guess they might be bumped up to the three seed now. I guess I haven't looked at the updated standings. but The Chiefs in the playoffs, they've got the AFC West right now. They've got a game up on the Oakland Raiders. Um, Chiefs. Didn't look great. Can't say I was thoroughly impressed. They did run the ball a lot, 
Um, you know, got 130 yards on the ground, two touchdowns, average of 4.8 yards per carry. Um, Pat didn't do a whole lot, didn't look on his A game, 19 to 32, 182, a touchdown, a pick, took a sack. Um, of course, losing Tyreek Hill again, and we're not sure the extent of his injury. Maybe they just wanted to leave him out to uh, because a game, you know, they, they thought they could win without him and they didn't want to risk it out there. But uh, that was. Um, that was an interesting, uh, you know, just a, a change to their offense. You know, they had to rely a little bit more on Miko Hardman, who, of course, only had two catches on four targets. Um, it, it essentially became the Travis Kelsey show, seven catches for 92 yards and a touchdown. Um, Chiefs, really, uh, you know, a good team. The Chargers, a bad team. This is what I'm saying with the Chargers. If you're picking ninth or tenth in that draft, I would take a look at taking the third quarterback available um, or, or the fourth at that point, depending on where the, the fallout you know the the quarterbacks fall out, but I would I would strongly consider moving on um, from Philip Rivers. You know, a four interception game. I think he had three or four the week before. Just doesn't look to have it. And uh, and yeah, there's a, a bad Chargers team. It really is. Um, you know, Melvin Gordon has been getting better. Hasn't been outstanding. Receiving weapons are there. You know, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry. There's a ton of options out there. Austin Eckler out of the backfield. A lot of receiving options. Uh, they just can't really string together anything consistent. And now we're at four and seven, and this season is is definitely a wash for them. But uh, Chiefs moved to seven and four, feeling good about where they're at. You know, they're gonna walk into the playoffs, and then maybe Patty Mahomes is feeling a little bit better. He's got his A game coming out. Maybe the injuries injury list for Kansas City is a little bit shorter. But um, I don't know. Right now, I I would definitely have to say that they're easily behind the Patriots and the Ravens as the best team in the AFC. And of course. Houston and uh, Houston and Indianapolis have both beaten them. So um, interesting to see how they can uh, move forward into the postseason after after really just not looking on their A game. You know, you don't usually see Pat Mahomes throw for under 200 yards. So um, we'll see what they can do through the rest of the season to get that offense humming again. But it really didn't take much to beat the Chargers. Uh, you know, a bad team in Mexico City, uh, 24 to 17. And there you have it. Week 11, officially in the books, as you can hear whatever loud engine is driving past my apartment right now. But uh, but yeah, that'll wrap it up for this episode of Quick Hits. Um, oh, you know what? I forgot to play the game again. I don't, I don't know how many quarterbacks there were. Um, oh, Mitch. Definitely better than Mitch. And so we'll say there are at least six or seven teams. God, I, I was going to play a game with you guys and I completely forgot to play it. There are probably six or seven teams out there that I think Colin Kaepernick, there's no way he could be worse than their current starting quarterback. And so interesting to see if he'll get his shot. I doubt it'll happen. I think it was just a PR stunt that Jay-Z kind of pushed on Goodell uh, and then it, it's, you know, it went the way it did and it fell out and, and it really didn't um, come to fruition the way either party really intended it for. Um, but that'll wrap it up for the episode. Make sure to check out the rest of our episodes this week. Make sure to listen to yesterday's episode if you haven't. We had some college football talk, talking about Tua Tonga-Vailoa, um, Alabama's you know 2019 season impact on the draft and my updated quarterback rankings. Um, tomorrow we'll have updated power rankings for the NFL. Thursday, some league-wide stories. And then Friday, we'll send it off with some betting. So make sure to check all of those episodes out. Keep trucking along with us. And uh, I will talk to you tomorrow. My name is Blake Pace, and you're listening to Quick Hits. Take care.